0: It is Wednesday, October 26th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And
1: I'm AJ Hoffman. Aaron Rodgers says it's time for accountability in Green Bay. And the Lakers looking an 0 and 4 start in the face tonight. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of (laughs) Vegas.
0: We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with. A Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day.
1: Lakers 0-3 go into tonight's game against Denver without
0: Russell Westbrook. Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark suspended for two games by the NFL. Cowboys add some death trading for Jonathan Hankins. And Aaron Rodgers says it's time for some accountability in Green Bay. What is the Vegas lead, AJ?
1: I think the Vegas lead has to be yesterday morning's show, Scott. 3, 2, Yeah, yeah one. exactly. <laughs> We're glad you guys enjoyed a peek behind
0: the curtain at what goes on uh, in the wee hours here between AJ and I with Straight Out of Vegas AM. Uh, the feedback was actually surprisingly
1: pleasant. It so. was, uh, but let's pull the curtain back a little more. We've actually fired the guy who's responsible for that. He's gone. <laughs> Forget about him. Uh, but we'll, we'll hopefully, this next guy is a little bit better. I love how McKenzie was catching stray uh, heat for this. It's like, at Mac and Rivers dropping the ball on the editing process. It was it not, not McKenzie's McKinsey. fault. Listen, I'm not going to name names, but the guy who did it, he's out of here. You don't have to worry <laughs> about him anymore. Done.
0: Well, we do appreciate the feedback, and our, our tweets are always open. You guys can hit us up whenever you'd like at AJ is the real, at Mac and Rivers, at Scott's on air. We love hearing your thoughts about the show and anything that we could do to uh, tweak it, improve it. Make it easier for you guys to listen. Whatever you want to hear, we're here for you. And we thank you for being a part of this show each and every morning. And joining us now, and I believe, AJ, he's got a best bet for Thursday night football. So I'm really intrigued to
2: hear this. He's RJ Bell. Well, what's funny is I kind of sent an email, which back in the day when I did a lot of hits on other shows, I would have a smorgasbord of topics. And when I sent it in last week, you guys said... <laughs> We're not going to have time this week. (laughs) So I thought, I thought, I thought I had to come with the ammunition. So I thought a best bet might get me on. So thank you. It, It worked. Well, luckily, the Trojan horse worked, and now I get to ask AJ before the best <laughs> bet. Why does Herbert suck? <laughs> Why does Herbert suck? That's exactly right. I
1: don't have a good answer for that. He, he definitely sucked this week. I was just glad that I had a ticket against him for once instead of on him. It was a good time for him to suck, I'll
2: say. Well, in a weird way, that's kind of a cowardly way of going about it. Like, I'm going to bet against the team I love, so that way I don't really ever lose. But I don't really love the Chargers. I just love Justin Herbert. How can you separate the two? To. Very easy.
1: I like plenty of players so it, that play on teams that I, I, I
2: don't care about at all. But you don't like him like this. This is like-like. This is Winnie Cooper and Kevin Arnold type-like. <laughs> <This, laughs> I mean, Scott's nodding, but yeah, affirm. He's much.
1: still my number two because Josh Allen happens to play for the team that I actually
2: care about. So, okay. so really what you're saying is you abdicate all responsibility for the Chargers. But how are we going to judge Herbert? Because could he be bad or will it be the other players' fault? I do think Justin Herbert's been a disappointment this season,
1: certainly, at least relative to expectat- my expectations. I think everybody. Oh, expectations. He could have been walking
2: on the moon, and it would have been equal to your expectations. But I
1: mean, I, through seven weeks, he hasn't been a top-five quarterback in the league, and that's what everybody tried to say, That he, including myself. I, I assumed he was that as well, and so far this year he's not been.
0: Well, but- isn't it amazing what a – all-pro wide receiver will do for a quarterback. Now,
1: that's fair. and We're,
0: he's Keenan Allen goes missing, and Justin Herbert's not the same quarterback. Devontae Adams is gone from the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, not yeah, the same but, quarterback. Yeah, but with Green Bay, it, it went i I'm from, just bringing up the—you're taking a huge yeah. piece of the quarterback's trust and, and but, reliability.
2: But in a weird way, when they have their full— complement of receivers, the Chargers have some of the best receivers yeah. in yes. the league. So, like, that shouldn't have to—you shouldn't have to have one of the top five playmaking groups you, in the mm-hmm. league to be good.
1: You're right. and Ke- But Keenan Allen being gone since week one, and in week two, if you remember, that's when Mike Williams first started to have— Ankle issues, and now it's getting—it's no, apparently getting yep. worse. So, so
2: high ankle sprain, I hear. So that should only be what four or five weeks for William,
1: unless you're Mac Jones, and then it's like three days, and you're apparently good after well, you're screaming you your head bugging. off.
2: Yeah, I th- yeah. <laughs> well, listen again—if you have a high ankle, I don't think we can question a guy's toughness that's in the NFL as a oh, quarterback. Sure you You've been—I mean, before you got your pass revoked, you were around the Houston Texans. Yeah, you see what those D linemen look like, right? Oh yeah. You like think, with fingers all mangled, yeah, pointing you, the wrong way. Yeah, you think way. a guy that's been taking hits in the SEC is probably not a wimp? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, we got to—Fez is sitting in the green room waiting. We got to talk Giants for a minute before this best bet. I got to tell you, it's almost like this is—you know, you've heard of the simulation, like Elon Musk talks about, that we may be living in a computer simulation. Mm-hmm. This is your simulation. This is the one Scott Seidenberg gets everything his way because the Giants have been winning. I can't remember a team that has won more games that the wise guys have said, no, they shouldn't have won. This has been luck, and you've just been best batting them and winning and winning and winning, Homer Simpson style almost. What do you think's going on? I'm just waiting until the
0: point where we get to say the Giants are the worst 10-3 and team I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to happen.
2: Where would you rank them 1-32 to right now? 12. Okay. Where do you think Fez has him ranked? Twenty-six. <laughs> <laughs> not far off. Yeah. Faz what's yeah. the nice scream it? Scream it. I think he I think he had twenty-four. Hold on. We've got them twenty-first. Twenty first.
1: All right. So
0: I was a little was, low on them. On I can't the Fez believe scale.
2: that they're six and one and not even average. Like, 16 is average. Well, where's
1: Minnesota? Like, they're in the same boat, right? Five and one, and everybody's like, oh, they're just in there and
0: But yeah, But right. is, think-
2: is like, going to be eighth or ninth. This Wait. is
1: what I think is
0: happening with the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. They are playing an old-school brand of football that people nowadays think is not good. That you can't win with it. It's, it's less ugly. efficient exactly. mathematically. So I was watching Dan Orlovsky, the former quarterback, the analyst for ESPN, put a thing out on social media the other day where he was watching the film on that final drive for the Giants. They ran the same power play eight plays in a row. What I mean by power is where the guard pulls and they have an extra offensive lineman to the, to the one side, and the Jaguars couldn't stop it. They ran the same exact play eight plays in a row. And it was never stopped. It's not a sexy brand of football. They're not lining up five wide with Daniel Jones in the shotgun and and running hurry-up offense, throwing it down the field.
1: Kudos to them. They're bullying you. Because they don't have any outside weapons. So yep. they've adjusted to all these injuries to their wide receivers and said, okay, we've got to change the kind of football team we're, that we are. And to their credit, it, it's working.
2: It's winning football games. And Saquon obviously still healthy, playing great. Daniel Jones I, rushed for over 100 yards
1: last week too. I asked Scott, and I think this is really interesting, what do you do with Daniel Jones at the end of this year?
2: See, I, I think the fact they're running him so much is a sign they're not going to keep him. That's what we are saying. It's like,
1: it's like when CeCe Sabathia went to the Brewers. ran <laughs> like a car. And they were like, yeah, CeCe, I know you've only had three days off, but we need you to throw 125 yeah. pitches <laughs> that's tonight. That's exactly what it is. They're running Daniel Jones into the ground.
2: <laughs> well, listen, if that's the only way to win now, yeah. it's perfect. Because look at it. Right now, if you look at the blended PFF grade in ESPN QBR, Daniel Jones is tied with Tom Brady for eighth in the NFL right now. The only players above him, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Tua, Lamar Jackson, Geno Smith, Mahomes, Allen. That's unbelievable. That's a good list. It's a great list. To be on. I I I mean, Geno Smith and Daniel
1: Jones were the two at the beginning of of the season. You would have been like, what?
2: I thought Daniel Jones last year, and again, he had a concussion. He had a pinched nerve, I think, or Mm -hmm. whatever. In the neck, yeah. Before that, he was playing really well, and it never felt like he got back to 100%. So the last thing I'll say about Dayball is he feels like the best. He's a guy that coached with Nick Saban. So right there, Joe Judge did too, but okay also with Belichick. And then he went and oversaw the offense for the Bills, which has been not only a good team, but maybe the most surprising turnaround of a quarterback's fortunes with Josh Allen. We just have never seen an inaccurate quarterback in year two become what he's become. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think you got the best of both worlds because I think if anything is being proven this year, is the newest version, the newest model of these analytics guys aren't ready for the NFL head coach. I mean it's Denver being the best example, right? Sure. Or at least they say some of them aren't ready and none of them are really killing it yet as far as I can see. Dayball feels like he's steeped in the old school, but no one thinks he's a dinosaur. No. You know it's what? also
0: it's and I think Mike Kafka being there as the offensive coordinator, he's he spent all those years in Kansas City working with Andy Reid and, you know, Eric Bieniemy and of course Patrick Mahomes. So you have this blend on this Giants offense of Brian Dable's approach, everything he did with the Bills, Mike Kafka, everything that he did with Mahomes and the motions and the deception with the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's creating this blend that they can line up and and tell you what they're going to do, and you just don't stop it. Because what happens is they run that same power play a couple of times, and the one time Daniel Jones doesn't hand it to Saquon Barkley, he takes off and runs for 20 yards.
2: So I would say to wrap on the Giants— that the season this year has been Kafka-esque. <laughs> you know what's funny? I went over and turned McKenzie's mic on because I thought he'd laugh at that and I wanted to get it. What happened, McKenzie? I said nice. No, no, it wasn't good. Enough. <laughs> Your mic's off again. All right, we ready for the best pass? Let's have yes. it. Kafka. <laughs> I'm going with Seattle. No, no, no. We're going with Baltimore. No, no, no. no yeah, Baltimore in the first half. Baltimore in the first half Thursday night. Now, why first half? Well, one, Baltimore's played really bad in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Now, we can say that's just luck, bad luck. I don't think it is. I think you get more familiar with a quirky quarterback as the the game goes on. You miss that angle the first time. You don't realize how fast he is. And lo and behold, you get that angle in the fourth quarter. You know who else would apply to that? Philadelphia Eagles. They've got a very quirky run game. They got a very quirky run game. And how are they doing in the second half versus the first? Not as well. Now, you could make the case, oh, they're up so much, they don't need – well, mm-hmm. they still want to do well, right? So I think that's reason number one. I think reason number two is and, – and again, I think they're related – is some of it is how well uh, is the whole Lamar thing, and then some of it is how Baltimore in general is doing bad in the fourth. And even if there's no reason for that, it's in their heads. And they almost gave his Cleveland game away. It felt like they wanted to. Why even deal with that? I think there's all the advantage in the first half. And I like. I think Tampa Bay is free-falling. And, and to be candid, I think it's, it's, it's justified that the power ratings are going down, down, down. My point would be this. If a team loses a game to Pittsburgh, that could be lack of focus. Could be a lot of things. Flat spots happen during the season. But if you lose the game after that game, you can't question the focus anymore. They wanted to win badly, and they played the team that was considered the worst in the NFL, and they got beat handily. By our fourth-quarter win share, the chance of Tampa Bay winning that game was 4%. 4%. And that's higher than the score seems it should have been, I like him in the first half. I don't even like him for the game. In fact, I wouldn't say, "Oh, I like him more." This is a first half bet, and you can play the money line right now. There's some good numbers out there, but even up to minus one thirty-five, pick them minus one thirty-five. Baltimore first half, best bet.
1: I think what you just said about uh, motivation—if they would have been—if they were fully, I think I do think they were fully motivated. Had to to be.
2: After losing, but it's almost a double-digit favorite. When they lose, when they give up
1: 173 rushing yards to the Panthers, not to Christian McCaffrey, to Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, like they just got bullied. And at some point, you can have all the motivation in the world, and if your if your guys aren't on on the level, and I, I think Tampa's clearly an example of a team that's not on the level we thought they were, then your 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 motivation doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, and and. I think that, in a way, you were right. We talked about it on the Wednesday pod. You were looking at those Bucks rush numbers, and I dismissed it. I said, they've been letting teams—they've been putting less emphasis on the rush, so they got so good against the pass because less people in the box. But apparently, when they tried to stop the run, they couldn't. And like you said, this Carolina team— was there ever a game that there was more disparate motivation? Meaning, Tampa was off an embarrassing loss. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady narrative about going to the wedding. Yeah, right? and then you got Carolina, not only the worst team by most power ratings, their coach was fired, and in the game they usually bounce back. That game after they they play bad and, against the Rams. So and, and then, then they traded their best player. Then they traded their best player. <laughs> and They're punting on the season. But not, like,
0: not only just traded their best player, traded them. Like midweek. Yeah. So so the game plan, the offensive <laughs> plan I mean, they, completely yeah. scrapped.
2: So I think the whole tanking <laughs> yeah. and the whole I think in general these NFL players play hard and, and we should stop trying to figure all the little emotional angles. Though I will give you a little ball bust because I gave you credit on the run. Burns, apparently they turned down two first round picks for him. Good on and, them. And you were saying he was the he I, was a weak first-round Yeah, you're I was I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll call it a draw then. Okay. <laughs>
0: Thanks to RJ Bell for chiming in, giving his thoughts on Thursday Night Football, which we'll have a full preview coming up on tomorrow morning's show. But yesterday, AJ, on his weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee show, Aaron Rodgers talked about all the problems that the Green Bay Packers are facing. And, he didn't talk about all of them, did he? How long was well, that show? Took <laughs> could have taken some hours there. He he said basically everyone's got to be on the same page. The players need to take some accountability. But this is the, the, the quote that I thought that was really the most interesting. He says, quote, Guys who are making too many mistakes – shouldn't be playing, you know, got to start cutting some reps and maybe guys who aren't playing give them a chance. End quote. He didn't name any names, but do you think that him saying this is going to have an adverse effect in the locker room?
1: I'm sure. I mean, this is uh and listen, I, and I don't know, I haven't heard the entire clip, but did he take any accountability himself? Because let's face it, he, he said the players need to take okay. accountability. Well, he's not playing and maybe great. He's addressing himself, himself and, and the players. So if he's taking some accountability himself, then I'm all right with that because that's what you know. That's what leaders do. A, a, a leader can say, "Hey, I need you to start pulling your weight." But if that leader isn't pulling his own weight, it, like it, it's, it's falling on deaf ears. Yeah. Like it. So nobody thinks Aaron Rodgers is playing like we expected Aaron Rodgers to play and if Aaron Rodgers is is blind to that and thinking I'm doing my job it's just these people around me not pulling their weight (laughs) then there's a real there's a real disconnect there and that that could be a real issue but Rodgers is a QBR of 39.8 yeah right now he is 25th in the league in QBR he is the 10th Rated quarterback per PFF. So in our combo, he he grades out at around 16 of a composite. So he's an he's basically a league average quarterback right now. That's not what we expected from Aaron Rodgers. And if you said coming into this season, listen, we knew the, the, the flaws in this roster. If you said Aaron Rodgers was going to be a mid-level quarterback, dead average, league average quarterback, none of us would have thought the Packers would be any good. He says, quote, just because we're a young
0: team, we can't write that off as, oh, we're figuring it out. The rookies are figuring this thing out. Are they going to go through that rookie wall? We need everybody on the same page to make the plays that are possible. We need them Monday to Saturday to put in the time to be ready to play Sunday because there's too many times in the game when there's simple, simple things that are not being accomplished, end quote. This is part of the reason, AJ, that I've been so down on the Packers this year. I don't like any of this. This isn't like (laughs) – to me, this isn't Aaron Rodgers being a leader. To me, this is Aaron Rodgers, like you said, putting the blame on everybody else. And I got to admit, there's players that are on this team that haven't been with Aaron Rodgers for their entire careers. I don't think they like this attitude. I don't think they appreciate this. The play on the field is – it's hard to ignore now. You can't just write it off and just say, oh, something went wrong that game and it's the Packers. They're going to get this thing right. right. No, this is a
1: broken team right now. Yeah. And this is the three game stretch that they just had. It, it, those are not games that the Packers normally lose. You know, this team, this is a team that's lost three games a year for the last, what, three years? Yeah. And they just lost three games in a row to the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders. And they're
0: double-digit
1: underdogs coming up this weekend to the Buffalo Bills. I was thinking more about what Aaron Rodgers said. I wonder if if the Bills absolutely just hammer the Packers. which blowout. I, I think they blowout. absolutely could. Blowout. Like, do they start to change their philosophy on this season? Like, do they start to I, – I would – I mean I, – it, they could play some younger guys, I guess, give more guys opportunities, like maybe take Randall Cobb off the field, things like that. Do we start to see things like that? Do but Or when, when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you know, remember this is a guy who said R-E-L-A-X. Do we say, okay, let's just see what he can make happen here because this is a weak NFC. If the Packers win three games in a row, they're right back in the playoff mix. I mean – What's the what's the panic point? It, it can't be getting blown out by Buffalo because that's the expectation. Okay, so blown out by Buffalo, you're three and five.
0: Then you uh, look at your next game is at Detroit. You lose at Detroit, uh, they, and you're three trouble. and six. No doubt, it's Jordan Love time. Oh, Jordan Love I'm time. Saying, that that if you lose to the Detroit Lions and you're three and six on the season. Aaron Rodgers, get the hell out of here. You're done. You don't, because, well, I'll give it a caveat. His play's got to be as bad as it's been. Okay. If Aaron Rodgers reverts back to Aaron Rodgers and he has two really good weeks, but the team just doesn't pick up their slack, then it's not his fault. But if he throws a couple of interceptions, he doesn't have the offense on the same page, at, at what point is it like a mutiny here?
1: Well, here's the problem with what you're talking about. Um, in 2023, <laughs> Jordan Love has a contract where he has a $3.9 million cap hit. In 2023, Aaron Rodgers will make $59.5 million <laughs> and then $49 million in 2024. I don't think Jordan Love time is coming anytime soon. Aaron Rodgers is probably retiring after this season if it continues this poorly. It's funny. I I wonder, and I wondered the same thing with Tom Brady. And I joked yesterday, like Tom, Tom Brady gave up his marriage to go three and four. Mm-hmm. Like Aaron Rodgers gave up Jeopardy for this. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, do these guys w- will they be willing to do that? Because then it opens up questions about your legacy. Like, oh, they 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 couldn't pull it off late in their career, so they quit when the chips were down. You know, Brady is understandable maybe because he was already retired and they drug him out of retirement. Mm -hmm. So if he walked away, I don't think we would question it. But the fact that Aaron Rodgers signed a three-year deal to come back. Yeah. And if he left after one year, I think people would, it'd be really hard for him to overcome that. In all seriousness, no, I'm not saying bench Aaron Rodgers. The guy's the
0: greatest, one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest of our generation. But could there be something to the idea that Aaron Rodgers did not want to be back with the Green Bay Packers this year. And the fact that there was no trade that was done and he doesn't go with his offensive coordinator of the past years to Denver to start anew. Is there something to it? Devontae Adams is gone. His offensive coordinator has gone. Maybe he
1: just didn't want to be there this year. Listen. There are, I mean, these are all valid things you're talking about, but what happens when you, you're you not in a great work environment? You're not in a place you enjoy. You want out of there. What do they do? They say, well, we really want you here. How, what can we do to please you? He's like, he could say, no, no, I, nothing. I'm out of here. I'm done with this place. But then they say, okay, well, what if we give you 50 mil a year over the next three years? You go, oh. Yeah, I could live with this fifty million a year, and that's basically what's happened here. Is is they they averaged him out at fifty million a year for three years, and he was like, okay, I'll get over being unhappy. I'll get over Nathaniel Hackett leaving. I'll get over Devonte Adams leaving, and you know, it, it, it's that's on him. He made that decision that money was mm-hmm. more important than being somewhere other than Green Bay or or being somewhere where he could be quote unquote happy. So I, I'm. I don't know. I, I'm with you. I it feels like there's only one thing he's checked
0: out. There's only one thing that'll reinvigorate him is if the Packers trade for an elite wide receiver.
1: Will that do it? It might give a little spark. Aaron Rodgers has a new toy to play with. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but I mean, what elite wide receivers are getting traded? Who's on the market? It's Jerry Judy. Elite wide receiver Jerry Judy, <laughs> yeah. Aaron Rodgers would be like, really? This is what you want me. This is what I what should the, be. What if the,
0: stoked about? What if the Rams say uh, we screwed up? Allen Robinson, we'll send him to the Packers.
1: I don't think that gets him excited. Um, what? Maybe if, the Packers could sign OBJ. Maybe Odell. He has no interest in playing there. No, yeah, I don't know. Then man. you think Odell I, Beckham Jr. wants to go play in the snow? No, probably not. No. But I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what could get Aaron Rodgers excited about football. Aaron Rodgers, he likes the fact that he gets to play football for a lot of money. I don't know that he's in love with football. Like That's the difference between him and Tom Brady. Like You never question whether Tom Brady's like in love with football. Yeah. There's no, I mean, he literally is sacrificing his family for football is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is one of these dudes who football is low down on his list of things that are important in his life, which is in a way it's a credit. That he's as great as he is when it's not a priority to him. And a great example of this, a guy that I got to spend a lot of time around, was Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams, if he cared about football the way most people who make it to that level care about football, I mean, he had every skill to just be like the Mm -hmm. the greatest ever. But football was like... 10th on his list of interests <laughs> in life. Yeah. Weed was one. Weed was one. <laughs> like baseball was ahead of, of football for Ricky. Like there was just a lot of stuff that Ricky was interested in more like the moon. <laughs> Ricky's really into the moon for some reason, but Aaron Rodgers, this guy just seems like football's not a priority to him. And when your physical skills start to decline, and that's mm. what we've talked about with Brady as, as father time started to catch up with him, It's catching up with him slower because he's still living it. He's still in it and grinding every day like he's 25. Aaron Rodgers is – there's no way you can convince me Aaron Rodgers is putting in the same work today on football that he did when he was 28. Was he 38 now? Yeah, when he was 28, I'm guessing his work ethic when it comes to football was way more intense. I he would went, agree with that. He wasn't doing hallucin- uh, hallucinogen drugs in the offseason I when he was 28. Die. So, I, I don't know. I, it, the Packers are a, a fascinating look right now. I don't know what happens to this team. If they miss the playoffs, though, boy, there's got to be a real change made in the offseason, which I, yeah. I, I don't know if it's it's crazy. Because think about LaFleur is— can't like, fire a coach that's gone 13-3 and three, no. three years in a row. But what are you going to do? What can you change? didn't they Nathaniel Hackett was the OC last year he's gone gone. I mean it's just an it's a really odd situation going on in, in Green Bay right now Some quick NFL news and notes. Chiefs defensive
0: end Frank Clark has been suspended for two games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. Uh, This suspension begins immediately. Chiefs are on a bye this week. So he's going to miss week nine against the Titans and week 10 against the Jaguars. He'll be eligible to return week 11 against the Chargers. This comes from an incident that occurred in September When Frank Clark pleaded no contest to two counts of misdemeanor possession of an assault weapon,
1: he was sentenced to one-year probation. Yeah, and this is a – it actually dates back to last year, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he got pulled over without a license plate, and they had Mm -hmm. some gun in the car. So, uh, not a great look, and and yeah, it's going to cost him. Although, I don't think that this has been – Uh, a great season for Frank Clark. He did have a really good game against the 49ers last week. Uh, He's got three sacks on the season. What's PFF say about Frank Clark this year, McKenzie?
3: Frank Clark, 56 PFF grade for some context about 70s, what you expect for your average starter. So Frank Clark having a below Mm, average
1: season so far. Uh, Let's take a look at the Dallas Cowboys looking to shore up their run defense. They trade for Jonathan Hankins from the Las Vegas Raiders, another guy who has done some things in the past. What's what's he sitting at from
3: a PFF standpoint, McKenzie? They must see something that PFF does not. Jonathan Hankins, <laughs> 51.8. Ooh, now, remember, Hankins was a a second-round pick.
1: Uh, back in, I mean, it's going on ten years now. Yeah. But he's been in the he's been with the Raiders for for the last little while, um, and he's been a, a starter for the Raiders. Been a solid player on a generally he's a body, bad man. defense. He's a
0: body to plug there and 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 take a couple of snaps a game.
1: Yeah, they just they wanted some size. He's a, he's a big guy, 6'3", 340. So uh, Jonathan Hankins, just the Cowboys, they understand if we're going to win, we're going to win with defense. Mm-hmm. So let's keep adding to it. So good for them.
0: Yeah, and it's not like it's going to take a while for him to get up to speed. You put a guy like that on the field and you just say. He's got one job. It's
1: gobble up two offensive linemen. Exactly. Let's take a look around the NBA. And when we do talk NBA, we like to bring McKenzie Rivers in, our resident NBA expert. Uh, The L.A. Lakers, 0-3 start to the season Things have not gone well for the Lakers, and there's a lot of uh, finger pointing going around. I heard Stephen A. Smith today saying that uh, Anthony Davis is not playing well. Everybody says Russell Westbrook's not playing well. That's a, Russell that's,
0: Westbrook. Mackenzie, you saw the clip the other day. I don't know if you watched the game live, but they were up one, and he took that like uncontested shot early in the shot clock. I saw that, yeah. Like. What level of that's basketball a, IQ do you have to have that would say that's a good shot? That take? was that
1: was OKC Russ when he
3: was the only guy there and no one complained about it. It's they're, early
0: they're, in the shot <laughs> clock. You have a one point lead.
3: It makes no sense. I mean, it makes sense if it's the end of the first half and you're thinking, well, I you know points don't the differential doesn't matter. I just want to get two shots. But you don't need two shots if you're up by one. In fact, you prefer not to shot shoot any more in the game, but take free throws. So. Yeah, poor decision by Russ there.
1: So what are you seeing with this Lakers team with the 0-3 start to the season? It, like, I mean, per usual, if you just pull up their their stats, you see LeBron leading them in nearly everything. It looks like he's playing some decent ball. What's what's the disconnect? Why is this team not winning basketball games right now?
3: It's interesting because with about four minutes to go in that Blazers game, the Lakers season was completely explainable. They've placed, played the two best teams in their conference, arguably, They lost close games, and then they lost to the Blazers. They gave up that eight-point lead. And you look at them on the season, they're 27th in net rating. Again, tough schedule, but still negative nine. And it's not really Russell Westbrook's fault. I mean, he hasn't played great. He's played terrible uh, bricklayer that deserves to be traded, as Kevin O'Connor says. So all that's fair. But let's just say, Russ, let's just look at the minutes that Russ's not on the court. So they're negative nine and a half with Russ on the court per 100 possessions. They're negative seven with him off the court. They don't have any answers right now. So the fact that he's not going to be playing with the, for the Nuggets in tonight's game, maybe that's some optimism. They can try some different lineups, but they don't have any answers so far. So what do – I mean, is this where they need someone b- besides
1: LeBron and AD to pick up some slack, or do they need LeBron and AD to do more?
3: Let me just talk about AD first. Stephen A. Smith was off base. I like Stephen A. Smith. Some people call him the great take master of all time. But A- Anthony Davis hasn't played bad. It's not his fault. He's played – Fantastic, actually. If you look at his steals and blocks, his activity, his efficiency. If Anthony Davis played just like this, they'd be very, very happy with his performance. He's averaging more than two steals and more than blocks. Guys that have done that in history, Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson, very, very rare (laughs) air to be that productive on the defensive end. LeBron James has played great for 44 minutes in the last two games against the Clippers, against the Blazers, and he didn't score down the stretch. Had a couple turnovers. That's been his bugaboo for his career. When you need a bucket and the eyes are on you, can you get one? He'd like to go through a different option. They'd like to have somebody else on the wing, whether that's Buddy Heald, somebody that they can trade for. Uh, Terry Rozier is an option I've been hearing about. They want a creator like Kyrie Irving was back in the day with LeBron. Uh, to take that off his shoulders.
1: Yeah, it seems like there's just something missing right now. Uh, what, was the, what was the the win total for the Lakers coming into this season? Where was their projection in the Western Conference?
3: Opened up at 45.5 in the summer, was bet down, closed at 43.5. And just to show you that it really wasn't that unexpected, their first two games against two really good teams, after those first two losses, it was still 43.5 when they posted William Hill did They reposted the exact same number. Now they lost to the Blazers, more pessimism. 42 and a half. It's been dropped one game. So not that big of a deal from the start of the season.
0: Here's what's interesting. There's the odds uh, online. You can find this. Will Russell Westbrook be traded during the season? The yes is minus 600. The no is plus 350. The real question is, McKenzie, will Russell Westbrook be traded by Thanksgiving? Yes or
3: no? It's funny that you mentioned that exact term. Well, ESPN Adrian Warganowski reported that a trade involving Westbrook isn't likely until after Thanksgiving. So apparently not. Yeah, uh, the yes and no is both minus one twenty. Wait, wait, wait a minute! You're saying I thought you were just quoting this ESPN report. You're saying they're offering these odds? Oh yeah, there's odds. And yes. the one guy that I think would probably know in LA, Adrian Wojnarowski says it's not likely. <laughs> I'm going to bet no, no trade before Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm. He 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 heard a lot of people on the draft when he said the number one was going to be um, Smith. I'm, buck, I'm not bucking him here. I'm going on him. Bet yes after Thanksgiving trade. All right, sportsbetting.ag. Let's fire it up. No
0: minus 120. Will Russell Westbrook be traded by Thanksgiving?
3: It makes a lot of sense. The media's is everyone saying he has to be traded, but those in the know say he really can't be traded until okay. Thanksgiving. And you know what happens? It makes sense. Dennis Schroeder comes back. Their backup <laughs> mm. point guard comes back around that time. Yeah. That's when they can ship him. So I have odds on Russell Westbrook's next team.
0: The favorite is the Indiana Pacers. Buddy Heald.
3: It makes a lot of sense that they'd be looking for him.
0: Second favorite, the Charlotte Hornets.
3: Terry Rozier mentioned him.
0: Third favorite, San Antonio.
3: That, I don't, I mean, they just have a lot of cap space, I guess. I have no idea who you would want from San Antonio, but I guess the Lakers rather have no Westbrook than anything else at this I, moment.
1: I mean, I think the Lakers. If, if I'm the Spurs, I would say, yeah, we'll take on his money. You give us some draft picks, and you can go out and do something else
0: that's what not draft Russell West. Lakers
3: don't have draft picks in 2026. <laughs> yeah. they have, I mean, yeah. it's, it's really not that much. All right. Next is the Utah Jazz. S- similar situation to San Antonio. They tra- They don't want to be good, and they're they're three and one. A little bit too good for Danny Angel's liking at the moment. At eight to
0: one, the New Orleans Pelicans. Wow. <sighs> They would I, never I,
3: make a deal. I never, ever in a million years. Never. They have so much things going yeah. on. They wouldn't trade Herb Jones for him. They wouldn't trade Jackson Hayes for Westbrook. That makes it deals off the table. No way. At 10 to one, the Phoenix Suns. Again, no way. There's, and, too many, there's too many things going right in Phoenix right now. And finally, at 12 to one, the Brooklyn Nets. Everyone keeps knows? bringing this back up because Kyrie wants to be in L.A. It's an open secret. That said, I'd rather have one year of Kyrie Irving at this point and roll, my, roll the dice. I'd rather have a fresh sack of basketballs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, when uh, Anthony Davis said after after that game, he said, "There's no way we're supposed to lose this, lose this game." Is it, you know, is is it a sign of the players also like LeBron and AD also want Russ gone? Like, are they willing to say yeah. like
3: Let's bring it back to that shot you mentioned at the beginning. Twenty seconds left. He takes that shot. Just the shoulder shrug and the shoulder slump from both Anthony Davis and LeBron. That's really loud, I think, in a locker room and in a building. Nobody is, is happy with the situation. Nobody's comfortable with the situation right now.
1: What are your thoughts? Like, do the Lakers fix this? or did, I mean, it, and it, here's the other question. Why don't the – and I get why Frank Vogel, you know, there was like, oh, he tried to make this happen. Now they've got a new coach, Darvin Hamm. Why not just sit Russell Westbrook and say, okay, you're just basically our new John Wall. Like, we pay you a lot of money to sit at the end of the bench and wear
3: street clothes. It's an interesting question. It's not something, I mean, he's injured, quote-unquote, air quotes, right now. I think, I think they're considering it. I mean, but they don't have a lot of options. They have a really light bench besides Russell Westbrook. Really a lot of money. 90% of their money is the big three. got to make it work if they can.
0: Speaking of Darvin Ham, he is on the list that I have, McKenzie, of first NBA coach to be fired. I have Already? not looked he, at these. These he, are good. So he is the fourth favorite on the list at 12-1 to 1 odds. Okay. Uh, if you had to guess right now, let's play this game. Who is the favorite, McKenzie, to be the first NBA coach fired at two to one odds? Easy. It should be minus
1: two hundred. It's Doc Rivers. You are correct, sir. Doc Rivers is the favorite to be the first NBA head coach fired. You know what? I, I, mean, I guess I'm I'm silly. I would have thought Steve Nash. Steve Nash is the second favorite. Okay. So
0: okay, you're doing great. We're doing good so far. The third favorite. So in between Nash and Darvin Ham. The third favorite to be fired is? I'm going to go with Nate McMillan. Wrong. I'll go Dwayne Casey. Correct. Dwayne mm. Casey of the Pistons is the third favorite. And uh, we'll just throw in two more here because they're both the same odds as Darvin Ham at 12 to 1. Next two coaches that are favored to be fired first. Billy Donovan. No.
3: Damn it. That would have been, I guess, actually.
1: The Bulls. Oh, oh uh, Tom no. Thibodeau.
0: Yes. Tibbs. Is twelve to one to be the first head coach fired? And Chauncey the, Billups. Oh, no. that's a good one. Last one would be uh, Stephen Silas of the Rockets. Wow, no so, way. Yeah, what was <laughs> he, he
2: supposed to be doing? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they uh, gave him a roster to lose games with. No, <laughs> in all seriousness, though, hundred In time. all seriousness, these are these are fun odds uh, that you can find online. But Mackenzie, do you think Doc Rivers gets fired? Yes or no?
3: Yes. Um, it could be very shortly if they start out 2-10, and 10, but my guess is that it's uh, after the season. Okay, so
0: Sixers at the Raptors here tonight. Uh, he's not going to get fired now, but what do you think about this game, this matchup?
3: So this was the first-round playoff, so we have you know good sample of how good they were expected to be last year. At that point, the Sixers were about two points better. Now we're looking at Sixers— about a point better. So they've been downgraded because the Raptors are still favored at home. If this was last year's playoffs, it'd be about pick them. They should be better. I mean, James Harden's supposed to be healthy. He looks healthy. Talent-wise, they're a lot better than they were at the end of last year. The Vegas market is saying they're not better.
1: One more NBA discussion I want to have with you while we've got you here, McKinsey. I want to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans. And this was a team we were high on coming into the season And it was, I remember us talking about their win total. If Zion gets hurt, (laughs) doesn't matter. We still like them. Now, what we didn't say was if Zion and Brandon Ingram get hurt (laughs) at the same time. And well, now that's happened. Uh, They pull off an upset win yesterday, uh, beating Luca and the Mavericks without Zion and Ingram. What's your outlook on
3: these injuries? How long can the Pelicans survive without those two guys? Outlook on the injuries first, it looks pretty good. Uh, Concussion protocol for Ingram, he's day-to-day. I would expect him to play the next game. Zion, maybe a couple more games with his hip injury, but again, nothing long-term. I'm really, really encouraged by their win over the Mavericks last night because they had 21 points in the paint. They outscored the Mavericks in the paint without the two guys that usually allow them to do that in Ingram and Zion Williams. It's a mentality that Willie Green has installed there and I think it's really encouraging because they kind of dropped one that they shouldn't, talking from a win total perspective. They lost to the Jazz, the seven-point home favorites. Zion got hurt midway through. Ingram got hurt. It made sense, but as someone that's tracking that win total, I really want over 43 and a half, over 44 and a half, over 45 and a half, double dip, triple-dipped on that one. Uh, I was paying very close attention to that. As six-point underdogs to play that well, I'm sitting easy that's going to be a nice uh, season long win total that we're going to see coming for us yeah that's nice when you lose one you're you're not
1: supposed to you follow it up by winning one you're not supposed to win that's a good feeling alright uh, by the way the, the Pelicans next game that is at Phoenix that is this weekend uh, so we'll see if uh, again if, if Ingram can be back and playing for that
0: and with that AJ let's take a look at the NBA schedule tonight in our Wednesday evening look ahead the Magic visit the Cavaliers. Orlando still looking for their first win of the season. Cleveland, an eight-point favorite, total of 218. Mackenzie, does Orlando pick up their first win? They might. They're
3: gonna be very motivated. Magic under 27.5 wins is gold right now because the beginning of the season before they were 0-4, it was 27 and a half. <laughs> now they're 0-4, 1-3 ATS. And they reposted the same number. It doesn't make any sense. Take advantage. Under, they're not any better than they were last year.
0: Pistons host Atlanta. The Hawks are seven-point road favorites,
3: total of 229. This is why Dwayne Casey might get fired. They should be better. This number says they're not better. This opened up at 5.5. Pessimism on Detroit. I bet on them over the weekend. Really disappointed in them. They haven't made that leap that we thought a lot of their young players would.
0: I bet on them last year a lot. Remember, they had that streak of covering in the first half? It was like 25 straight games they covered in the first half. It was like
3: 25 out of 27 or something. It was crazy. It it,
0: it was amazing. That's not the case this year. Uh, The Hornets are at the Knicks. The Knicks, I believe. Undefeated ATS is that accurate, McKenzie? What?
3: Yes, sir. Two and one straight up. Three and zero ATS. Uh, Thibodeau probably getting his his ass off the hot seat at this point. <laughs> Knicks are heavy eight
0: point favorites though at home tonight against the Hornets.
3: I could only lay it here. Knicks have shown. I mean, three and zero ATS. They they're really improved. Jalen Brunson, almost no turnovers, thirty plus assists. That's why they got him.
0: Yeah. Welcome back, Julius Randle too. Uh, it's nice to see uh, him ball out. Uh, we talked about the Sixers at the Raptors already. Let's get to the Nets at the Bucks. Milwaukee, four-point favorites, total of
3: 233.5. They call this a marquee matchup, I think. Yeah, it is. Market giving a lot of respect still to Brooklyn. Uh, I got to see it. Simmons, you know, showed a little uh, agitation, a little bit of gusto, like he actually cared about playing, which was nice in that Memphis game. But I don't think they're within two points, which is what the market is saying right now. I don't think they're that close to the Bucks At the end of the season, they should be but not right now.
0: Pacers visit the Bulls, Chicago laying eight with a total of
3: 232 and a half. Pacers playing in that incredibly fast style without Miles Turner. Look for overs in Pacers game when Turner is announced out. That's been very consistent since last year.
0: Spurs visit the T-Wolves, Minnesota laying nine, a total of 231 and a half.
3: I'm tempted to lay the tea, lay it with the T-Wolves again. This is the second time they're facing them. They got an unbelievably unlikely uh, upset loss as a favorite. I feel like they'll be motivated, and they're way, way more talented than this number says.
0: Is there something to betting the team that loses to the, to the team that, like the, the first time that they play them?
3: Yes, and during COVID, there was a very particular scheduling quirk where they played teams in the same city back-to-back games over and over again. 65% or something like that first quarter. If you lost, you come up and you say, hey, I lost, I'm not not happening again. So logic and the math point to T-Wolves' first quarter makes a lot of sense. Uh,
0: let's keep an eye on that. The 76ers at the Raptors, they're playing tonight in Toronto. They're also playing Friday in Toronto. Well, I think the next so, game
1: we're going to talk about is the same situation, right? Houston and Utah just played. That's
0: correct. So you have the Jazz hosting the Rockets. Utah, a six-point favorite, total of 232. Uh, they just played, and it was uh, this was at Houston, though, yeah. so it's not same city.
1: But uh, the Rockets won this one. So do you look at – I know it's a different city, McKenzie, but do you look at the Jazz in the first quarter here?
3: Yeah, the same logic applies. I think the Jazz will be the more motivated team early. Uh, this number, though, is is big. I don't know if the Jazz are three points separated from Houston at the moment.
0: Lakers, Nuggets, Denver, six point favorites, total of two twenty seven.
3: No, no Westbrook. So this line should be going down, right? I mean, that's, that's <laughs> what I would think. That's that's uh, what the media thinks. It seems steep. I mean. Six and a half, uh, Denver just got blown out at Portland. I could only look to L.A., but I'll probably pass that game. And the Heat visit
0: the Trailblazers, the undefeated Portland Trailblazers.
3: Portland uh, one-point favorites, 222 is the total. Miami sneakily disappointing, similar to the Pistons, where they just really haven't looked like Miami uh, at any point in in the season.
0: Thanks, Mackenzie. We just have a short three-game schedule on the ice. What the puck? (laughs) It's a short schedule tonight. The Rangers playing the second night of a back-to-back uh, we'll head out to Long Island. Let me take guess, on the total Islanders. six
1: and a half. No,
0: total is six. Oh, it's a this snooze is, fest. Well, it's it's, it's going to be a great <laughs> goaltending matchup. These are two Russian goaltenders that, uh, well, I don't know. I guess Shesterkin might get the night off. Shesterkin had 42 saves in an overtime loss to the Avalanche last night. So take a breather, Shesterkin. Maybe he gets uh, a breather. And then if that's the case, it's going to be Yaroslav Halak, who played for the Islanders last season. Uh, and then the Islanders with Ilya Sorokin, a uh, great in net. Islanders minus 110 total of six. Keep an eye on the goaltender matchup there. Uh, Oilers at the Blues. St. Louis minus 105 with a total of six and a half. And the Lightning on the second of a back-to-back Tampa uh, losing last night In L.A. against the Kings, they will head about a half an hour or so south, uh, or uh, I guess it's about an hour or so. It's about three hours in traffic. Well, yeah, (laughs) it is. Uh, But they'll head to uh, Anaheim to take on the Ducks and Tampa minus 170 with a total of six. So that's your schedule on the ice tonight. Uh, I'll have a play on at least one of these games tonight. I have plays on hockey pretty much every night, and we've gotten off to a hot start in the NHL. Uh, What is it? 16-5 and is the record in the NHL. AJ, I'm very upset about these five losses. (laughs) Get over it. I'm very upset about these five losses. Uh, But we're having a really good start to the NHL season. If you want to jump on board with my NHL season-long package, which means you get every single one of my hockey picks, I'm going to give you 20% off. How, you ask? Use the promo code NHL20. That's good for 20% off. I'll tell you what. Here's the deal, AJ. Because I love our listeners. Okay. And because the feedback of the blunder yesterday was so positive, I'm going to say they can use this promo code for anything at pregame.com. That's nice of you. So it doesn't have to be my NHL season package. We're going to make it so that if you use the the code that I'm giving you now, NHL20, you can use it for anything at Pregame.com. 20% off anything if you use that promo code NHL20. Uh, it's good for the next week or so. So take advantage of it. Use it. You want my NHL package. You want McKenzie's NBA package. You want AJ's, any of his UFC packages, college football, NFL, whatever you want. Uh, It's all available for you, and we're giving you 20% off. Again, NHL20 is the promo code. Speaking of Mackenzie Rivers, we are giving our listeners and anybody that goes to pregame.com a free chance to win $1,000 cash. It's the Beat Mackenzie Rivers NBA Contest. So here's what you got to do. The contestant that earns the most NBA units in this contest is going to win $500. But... If the winner earns more units than what McKenzie earned last year, which was 64.03 units, that winner's gonna get an additional $500. That's 500 plus 500. Hold on, I've got to take my shoes off of this. One, two, three. That's $1,000 cash, AJ. That's good. $1,000 if you can beat McKenzie Rivers. McKenzie, do you think that there is a listener out there that can beat you and win this $1,000?
3: No, I don't. He's
1: speechless, folks. He is. Uh, I I don't think there is either. I'm just going to be honest.
0: Enter today. It's free. Just go to pregame.com, click on contests, and find the McKenzie Rivers NBA contest. Don't wait. The NBA action is rolling on. But. There is still time to join, so join for your free chance to win $1,000 cash at pregame.com. Coming up tomorrow, we will have a full preview of Thursday Night Football, and then we have World Series Game 1 coming your way on Friday. Lots of action to get into over the weekend. The College Football Podcast is available now on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview Podcast feed. And as a reminder, make sure you subscribe to Straight Out of Vegas AM wherever you get your podcasts from. So share it with your friends. Leave a little bit of a rating and review. It goes a long way to helping us grow. For Mackenzie, AJ, I'm Scott. We will talk to you tomorrow, straight out of Vegas, AM.